الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين I would like to repeat really what I said here because some people came a little bit late and it's important that they follow up on this with us We are talking about the famous from the companions concerning tafsir A group of the companions were known for their excellence in tafsir. Amongst them are the four rightly guided caliphs, Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, and Ali. May Allah be pleased with them all. Except that the narrations from the first three ones, Abu Bakr, Umar, and Uthman, were not much because they were so much busy in the ruling and the affairs of the Ummah and also there wasn't really much need to relate the narrations because of the abundance of people excelling in tafsir and from those who were famous in tafsir from the companions are Abdullah bin Mas'ud Ali bin Abi Talib Abdullah bin Abbas and let's consider first Ali ibn Abi Talib Ali is the son of Abi Talib and Abi Talib is the uncle of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he is the husband of the Prophet's, wife, the Prophet's daughter Fatima may Allah be pleased with her and he was the first from the relatives of the Prophet sallallahu to accept Islam and his nickname is Abu al-Hasan and another nickname for him is Abu Turab one time the Prophet ﷺ came in and he found him uh, sleeping and sweating and that the earth dust was sticking on him because of the sweating so the Prophet ﷺ told him stand up stand up Abu Turab stand up Abu Turab and he used to like to be called by this nickname or mentioned by this nickname Abu Turab he was born 10 years before the beginning of the Prophet Sallallahu prophethood and he was raised in the household of the Prophet Sallallahu and he was or he attended all the battles with the Prophet Sallallahu except one and that was of Tabuk north uh, of Medina far north and he used to carry the banner in the battlefield in most of the battles the Prophet وسلم, the reason for him not joining the battle of Tabuk is that the Prophet وسلم, assigned him to take care of his family and Tabuk was as I said uh, away far north and he told him you leave me amongst the you know the children and women like you know he wanted to go so the Prophet ﷺ told him don't you love to be you know as regard to me in the same status of Harun like the status of Aaron with Musa however is that there is no prophet after me and here the Prophet ﷺ trusted him in his family 
during his lifetime and he didn't say this concerning him after his lifetime after the Prophet ﷺ death and therefore there is no proof for the Sunnah to exaggerate in the saying of the Prophet ﷺ concerning Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu two people went to extremes regarding Ali and his merits one of them are called al-Nawasib who neglected and hid the merits of Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu and they stood up in enmity against him the other extreme are the rejectionists of the Shia who exaggerated in so-called in their so-called love of him and innovated so many merits in fact fabricated these merits and he was you know free from having a need for such claims to the contrary anyone who really gives them a good thought will find that these in fact are are, are to be considered as insults against Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu and we know that they elevate him to levels that they say that he is higher than the levels of the prophets and messengers and in fact I heard it by my own ears the other day in a poet where they said in a poem where they said that the angels um, I'm sorry that the prophets and messengers come to him for consultations concerning the world he was famous for his bravery intelligence with knowledge and purity of knowledge uh, and to the degree that Umar Amir al-Mu'mineen the leader of the believers Umar may Allah be pleased with him as well he used to seek refuge from problems which Ali doesn't have a solution for and it is narrated from Ali that he used to say Saluni Saluni wa Saluni an kitabillahi ta'ala fawallahi ma min ayatin illa wa ana a'lamu anazalat bilaylin aw nahar ask me ask me and ask me concerning the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by Allah verily by Allah there is no ayah there is no verse except that I know when it was sent down during the night or during the day whether it was sent during the night or during the day Ibn Abbas may Allah be pleased with him and his father said if the reliable news comes us from Ali we, won't, we, don't, we wouldn't uh, resort to anything else and he Ibn Abbas also mentioned that whatever tafsir I took I took it from Ali Ibn Abi Talib may Allah be pleased with all of them he was one of the consultation committee members whom Umar designated so as to assign the next Khalifa after Umar and the Khilafa, the leadership was offered to Ali by Abdul Rahman bin Auf and he refused except with certain conditions then after that this was offered to Uthman Ali, Uthman and Ali gave the allegiance to Uthman and the people gave the allegiance to Uthman and Uthman was assigned the leadership until the time when Ali was killed as a martyr in Al-Kufa in Iraq on the 17th night of Ramadan in the year in the 40th year after 
the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. May Allah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with him and with all the companions. This is Ali ibn Abi Talib and as you know he is one of the famous people of tafsir. The second is Abdullah bin Mas'ud. The second is Abdullah bin Mas'ud. May Allah be pleased with him. Abdullah bin Mas'ud bin Ghafil al-Hudali, his name. Ummuhu, his mother, is known as Umm Abd. Umm Abd. And they used to refer him to, his, to her name sometimes because his father died during the times of ignorance. Okay. And uh, his mother uh, encountered the beginning of Islam and she accepted Islam. And he was from the earlier uh, people who accepted Islam and he migrated the two migrations, the first to Abyssinia and the second to Medina. And he attended the Battle of Badr and the other battles after the Battle of Badr. He received from the Prophet ﷺ more than 70 chapters from the Quran. And the Prophet ﷺ one day wiped over his head and said, Yarhamuk Allah, may Allah's mercy be upon you. Innaka ghulaymun mu'allam. You are, you know, a small boy or a little boy, and yet you are inspired and very understanding. And he used to say, the, the Prophet ﷺ used to say, anyone who likes, okay, exactly, he used, he, the Prophet ﷺ said, whoever likes to recite the Quran, as fresh as it came down, let him recite it according to the recitation of the son of Um Abd, meaning Um Abd, meaning Um Abdullah bin Mas'ud, him meaning Abdullah bin Mas'ud. And in Sahih al-Bukhari, Ibn Mas'ud himself, may Allah be pleased with him, said, لَقَدْ عَلِمَ أَصْحَابُ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم أَنِّي مِنْ أَعْلَمِهِمْ بِكِتَابِ اللَّهِ The companions of the Prophet وسلم, knew that I am of the best concerning the knowledge amongst them, concerning the knowledge of the Book of Allah. And then he said also, "Wallahi alladhi la ilaha illa, Wallahi alladhi la ilaha ghayru." By Allah, whom there is no true God except Him. Besides Him, there is no other God. There is no surah that came down from the book of Allah that came down except that I knew when it was revealed, and that no verse 
was revealed from the book of Allah except that I knew as to whom it was addressing and if, would, if I would have known anyone more knowledgeable than me concerning the book of Allah and wherever he is in any place that the camels can reach except that I would ride and go for him and he used to serve the Prophet ﷺ. he used to take care of his shoes of his water for the wudu and for his bedding during the travel to the degree that Abu Musa al-Ash'ari may Allah be pleased with him who came from Yemen he said I came from Yemen with my brother and we stayed for a while and we didn't see except that Abdullah bin Mas'ud as if he is one member of the household of the Prophet because of how much we had seen him coming in and getting out you know from the house of the Prophet and because of such an attachment to the Prophet he was so much influenced by the Prophet and by his guidance to the degree that Hudayfa Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman the companion Hudayfa may Allah be pleased with him said Ma, I don't know of anyone who is close in guidance and in the outward appearance appearance more than meaning I didn't I didn't know of anyone who is close in guidance and in outward appearance to the Prophet ﷺ from the son of Um Abd, meaning Abdullah bin Mas'ud, may Allah be pleased with all of them. Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, Umar ibn al-Khattab sent him to Al-Kufa to teach them the matters of their deen. And he sent Ammar bin Yasir as a leader to Al-Kufa and he said إِنَّهُمَا مِنَ النُّجَبَاءِ مِنْ أَصْحَابِ مُحَمَّدِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فَاقْتَدُوا بِهِمَا that both are from the nobles and from the companions of the Prophet ﷺ so follow them and take them as an example then after Umar Uthman may Allah be pleased with him assigned him as in rulership, in authority on Al-Kufa in Iraq and then he removed him and commanded him to return to Medina and he then died in the Medina in Medina in the year 32 after Hijra and he was he was buried in Al-Baqi' and his age was then uh, you know uh, slightly more than 70 years of age May Allah be pleased with him and all the companions. This is Abdullah bin Mas'ud. Abdullah bin Abbas. May Allah be pleased with him and his father. The cousin of the Prophet, alayhi salatu wasalam, 
was born before the migration, three years before the migration. He associated himself with the Prophet because he is his relative and his maternal aunt Maymuna is the wife of the Prophet Maymuna is the maternal aunt of Abdullah bin Abbas and she was the wife of the Prophet one day the Prophet hugged him and invoked Allah saying Allahumma allimhu al-hikmah O Allah teach him al-hikmah al-hikmah generally means wisdom and in another narration al-kitab the book and one time when he brought to the Prophet ﷺ his wudu meaning his the water for him to make wudu the Prophet ﷺ invoked Allah by saying Allahumma faqihhu fi din O Allah make him excel in understanding the deen the religion of Allah and by this dua this blessed dua he became the interpreter of the ummah in explaining the book of Allah and dissipating such knowledge as well as in fiqh in jurisprudence Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted him success so as to be keen on attaining the knowledge and seriousness in seeking it and above all patience in receiving knowledge patience in receiving knowledge and in also propagating it and thus he was granted this great status and his rank was high to the degree that Amir al-Mu'mineen Umar ibn al-Khattab the leader of the believers Umar ibn al-Khattab may Allah be pleased with him used to invite him to his circles and take by his saying so the immigrants one day told Umar أَلَا تَدْعُوا أَبْنَاءَنَا كَمَا تَدْعُوا ابْنَ عَبَّاسِ shouldn't you invite our sons as you invite Ibn Abbas so he told them ذَاكُمْ فَتَى الْكُهُولِ meaning this is the although young but he is you know like the old ones mature لَهُ لِسَانٌ سَأُولٌ he has an inquisitive tongue وَقَلْبٌ عَقُولٌ and a comprehending heart then one day he invited them he invited the immigrants and made him come called upon Ibn Abbas to come in order to show them what Umar was thinking of him so Umar asked them what do you say concerning the saying of Allah إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ Surah Al-Nasr 110 please verse first verse of Surah 110 إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ when comes the help of Allah to you O Muhammad against your enemies and the conquest of Mecca طيب to the end of the surah so he told them what do you say concerning this verse some of them said we had been commanded in this verse to praise Allah and seek his forgiveness 
when he opens for us the state or the city of Mecca and others were silent so Umar looked to Ibn Abbas and told him تقول, do you say the same thing he said no Umar said then what do you say تقول, قال, وسلم, this is the news that the Prophet وسلم's appointed time is coming to an end meaning he is going to die Allah is telling him that when he says when comes the help of Allah to you O Muhammad and the sign is the conquest of Mecca this is the end of the Prophet's life on earth when that comes فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكْ then declare that your Lord is far above any imperfection and praise Him and seek His forgiveness verily He is oft forgiving قَالَ عُمَرَ مَا أَعْلَمُ مِنْهَا إِلَّا مَا تَعْلَمْ I don't know about it except that what you know and Ibn Mas'ud may Allah be pleased with him said لَنِعْمَةُ الْجُمَانُ الْقُرْآنِ ابْنِ عَبَّاسِ Verily Most honored And best is The interpreter of the Quran is Ibn Abbas And Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with him and his father, told someone who asked him about a verse in the Quran, told him, go to Ibn Abbas and ask him, because he knows better than me, from those who are still alive, concerning that which was sent down upon the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu and Ata may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy be upon him said I didn't see any circle more generous and honorable than the circle of Ibn Abbas in fiqh and more fearing than that circle the fearing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you see there the people of fiqh with him and you see with him also the people of Quran and the people of poetry and he excels them all as if he is taking from a vast valley And also, Abu Wa'il said that Ibn Abbas one day stood 
when he was in charge of the pilgrimage as Uthman assigned him to that assignment he stood up making khutbah so he began with Surah An-Nur chapter 24 reciting and explaining and making tafsir I used to say then when I heard that I never saw nor I have ever heard the words of a man like those of Ibn Abbas meaning concerning the Noble Quran and if Faris, the Persians and the Romans and the Turks would have heard him they may have accepted Islam Uthman assigned him during the year 35 after Hijrah to take charge of the Hajj of the pilgrimage and Ali during the rulership of Ali may Allah be pleased with all of them he assigned him in charge of the city of Al-Basra in Iraq and when he Ali was killed Ibn Abbas returned and stayed in Mecca then he left Mecca to the city of Al-Ta'if very close to Mecca which is a mountainous city where he died in the year 68 after Hijrah and his age was then 71 years old these are three of the famous companions in knowledge of tafsir now the famous amongst the successors to the companions from At-Tabi'een those who excelled in tafsir from the Tabi'een were many from them the people from the people of Mecca and these were followers of Ibn Abbas in tafsir like Mujahid and Ikrimah and Ata' Ibn Abi Rabah Ata' busied himself in the fiqh of Hajj he was the reference for the people concerning the fiqh of Hajj in his times and also from the people of Medina from the followers of Ubay bin Ka'b like Zayd bin Aslam Abil Aliya Muhammad bin Ka'b Al-Quradi all from the people of Medina who excelled in tafsir and from the people of Kufa in Iraq and they were the followers like the students of Ibn Mas'ud because you know Ibn Mas'ud spent some time in Iraq like Qatada Ilqimah Wal-Sha'bi I repeat like Qatada Ilqimah and Al-Sha'bi may Allah's mercy be upon all of them let's take two of them quite famous and known Mujahid his name is Mujahid bin Jabr Al-Makki was born in the year 21st after Hijrah 
he took the tafsir from Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with him and his father. Ibn Ashaq narrated that Mujahid said, I presented Al-Mushaf to Ibn Abbas three times from the opening chapter to the end, stopping him at every verse and asking him about every verse. He did this three times. And Sufyan al-Thawri, the great scholar of Islam, used to say, إِذَا جَاءَكَ التَّفْسِيرُ عَمْ مُجَاهِدْ فَحَسْبُكَ بِهِ If the tafsir from Mujahid reaches you, then suffice for you is this. Imam al-Shafi'i took by his tafsir, as well as al-Bukhari. In fact, al-Bukhari related so much from Mujahid in his Sahih. And al-Imam al-Dhahabi, rahimahumullah, said, at the end of his biography concerning Mujahid, Ajma'at al-Ummah ala imamati Mujahid. The Ummah is unanimous concerning the imama in knowledge of Mujahid and referring to his sayings. He died in Mecca while in prostration, wa huwa sajid. Tuwuffiya fi Mecca, wa huwa sajid. He died while in a state of prostration in Mecca in the year 104 after Hijrah. And he had 83 years of age then. Rahimahullah Ta'ala. This is Mujahid bin Jabr al-Makki. Now Qatada. Qatada is the son of Du'ama Al-Sidusi Al-Basri from Al-Basra in Iraq. Walid Akmah Ay A'ma, he was born blind in the year 61 after Hijrah and then exerted a lot of effort in seeking knowledge. And he had a very strong memory to the degree that he spoke about himself saying I never said to someone who speaks to repeat and my ears haven't heard anything except that my heart kept it Imam Ahmad spoke highly and highly about Qatada and dissipated his knowledge and fiqh as well his knowledge regarding matters of difference and also his knowledge in tafsir and he described him with hifz and fiqh and he said concerning him you rarely find anyone who excels him He described him as the master of those people, the master of the people of Al-Basra in hifz, in memorization. 
he died in the city of Wasit in the year 117 after Hijrah and he was 65 years of age then this is concerning the subject the companions the most famous companions and the most famous amongst At-Tabi'een in Tafsir now we go to a very important subject, subject a very very important subject and it is Al-Quran Muhkamun wa Mutashabih the Quran Muhkam wa Mutashabih the Quran perfectly clear this is called Muhkam perfectly clear and not entirely clear matters in the Quran the Quran varies in regard to the matter of its verses those that are perfectly clear and those that not entirely clear it varies into three types it is of three types regarding the muhkam and the mutashabih the first type the general perfection the general perfection within which the Quran is described in its entirety the general perfection within which the Quran is described in its entirety like the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Hud 11 1 Kitabun uhkimat ayatuhu thumma fussilat min ladun hakeemin khabir this is the general perfection of the Quran first verse in Surah Hud Kitabun Uhkimat Ayatuhu Uhkimat Ayatuhu Thumma Fussilat Milladun Hakeemin Khabir this is a book the verses whereof are perfected and then explained in detail from one Allah the all-wise who is all-wise and well acquainted with all things this speaks that the verses of the Quran are of this general perfection also the like of this is mentioned in Surah Yunus verse 1 again 10-1 Alif Lam Ra Tilka Ayatul Kitab Al-Hakim these are the verses of the book Al-Hakim 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described his book as Al-Hakim all wise also the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Zukhruf verse 4 43.4 وَإِنَّهُ فِي أُمِّ الْكِتَابِ لَدَيْنَا لَعَلِيٌّ حَكِيمٌ ذو علو وارتفاع أن حكيم ذو حكم فهو جامع بين العلو والسلطان and verily it is in the mother of the book Al-Quran before us indeed exalted full of wisdom exalted the Quran is exalted in highness and anyone who takes by the Quran then he will be exalted again also Hakim described with hukm so it comprises both exaltation and authority all of these verses stand to tell us the general perfection and exaltation of the Quran and its authority in its entirety so such perfection is imperfection in quality regarding its wording and meaning it is of supreme eloquency its news are all true and beneficial there is no lying in it nor there is contradiction and its rulings are all just without any contradiction nor any inferiority or shamefulness this is the meaning of perfection this is the perfection of the Quran as a whole in its entirety this is the first type the second type is the general resemblance within which the Quranic verses are qualified with in the entire Quran it is like the saying of Allah in this respect in Surah Al-Zumar 39 verse 23 Allah the Quran resembling each other Allah its parts resemble each other Allah has sent down the best statement a book the Quran its parts resembling each other متشابه. this is one meaning of this تشابه its parts resembling each other in goodness and truth oft repeated the skins of those who fear their Lord shiver from it when they recite it or hear it then their skin and their heart soften to the remembrance of Allah that is the guidance of Allah he guides there with whom he pleases and whomever Allah sends astray for him there is no guide so this meaning of tashabu here it means resemblance 
all the Quran is filled with such resemblance its parts resembling each other in goodness, in perfection, in quality and in the objectives listen to what Allah has said in another verse in Surah An-Nisa 4.82 وَلَوْ كَانَ مِنْ عِنْدِ غَيْرِ اللَّهِ لَوَجَدُوا فِيهِ اخْتِلَافًا كَثِيرًا Had it been this Quran from other than Allah, they would surely have found therein much incongruity and contradictions. So this is the second type of variation in the Quran. The third, and now we come to the heart of the issue. Some parts of the Qur'an have special perfection and some parts is mutashabih, not entirely clear. This is evident from the saying of Allah in Surah Al-Imran in chapter 3 verse 7. هو الذي أنزل عليك الكتاب منه آيات محكمات هن أم الكتاب وأخر متشابهات فأما الذين في قلوبهم زيغ it is he who has sent down to you O Muhammad the book in it in it are verses meaning some where did this go it's moving in it are verses that are entirely clear they are the foundations of the book and others not entirely clear these are the mutashabih so as those as those as for those in whose hearts there is deviation from the truth they follow that which is not entirely clear thereof seeking fitna and seeking for its hidden meanings but none knows its hidden meaning save Allah and those who are firmly grounded in knowledge say we believe in it the whole of it is clear and unclear are from Allah and none receive admonition except men of understanding we will go over this verse now inshallah piece by piece In reciting this verse from Surah Al-Imran, which you have it in the text, most of the Salaf stop while they recite the Quran, while they recite this verse, stop at the statement, and none knows its ta'wil none knows its hidden meaning save Allah most of them stop here save Allah others stop after 
Let's have the continuity now, please, after this. وَالْرَاسِخُونَ فِي الْعِلْمِ They stop at al-ilm. And, yes, they continue reading, so you will read and seek for its hidden meaning, but none knows its hidden meaning save Allah and those who are firmly grounded in knowledge. Period. So those who are firmly grounded in knowledge, they know the meaning of these that are not entirely clear ones. So, as for those who stop at Illallah, save Allah, they said, what Allah is referring to here is, the reality of the outcome or the consequences of these that are not entirely clear, the outcome. This is only known to Allah, they said. And those who stop, continue reading, after save Allah and those who are firmly grounded in knowledge, they say here, what's intended here is the tafsir is the explanation of these verses and the tafsir is known to those who are grounded in knowledge and Ibn Abbas himself said concerning this particular verse Ana ta'wilahu. I am from the one who know the meaning of this not entirely clear ones. So, the meaning of this, that some verses are the foundations and they are the muhkam, the perfectly clear ones, very clear, nothing is hidden at all. Just like the saying, let's take some of these verses that are entirely clear, muhkam, like the saying, for example, of Allah in Surah Al-Hujurat, which is Surah 49, verse 13. Entirely clear. O mankind, we have created you from a male and female and made you into nations and tribes that you may know one another. Entirely clear. Take also another example. 2.21, the first command in the Quran. Ya ayyuhan nasu abudu rabbakum alladhi khalaqakum walladhina min qablikum la'allakum tattaqun. O mankind, worship your Lord Allah who created you and those who were before you so that you may become from the pious. Also the saying of Allah, Ahalla Allahu al-bay'ah. Allah made al-bay'ah, trade, lawful. Also the saying of Allah in Surah Al-Ma'idah 5, 5-3. حرمت عليكم الميتة والدم ولحم الخنزير وما أهل لغير الله به 
No, I want just uh, the prohibition on the on the dead and uh, and the blood and the and the and the uh, swine flesh, uh, swine flesh, that part only. حرمت عليكم الميتة والدم ولحم الخنزير. Forbidden to you are al-mayta, the dead animals, cattle, beasts, not slaughtered, blood, flesh of a swine, the meat of that, etc. And the examples are many in the Quran. So, this is referring to the particularly perfect verses which constitute the foundation of the Quran. This is called al-muhkam. Back again. This is called muhkam. Muhkam, sorry. The other which is called mutashabih, not entirely clear. So here the verse would mean, meaning the verse of Al Imran, chapter uh, seven, chapter three, verse seven, that it is not entirely clear. to the degree that, you know, some may come to think things that are not befitting to Allah or to His book or to His messenger. However, the knowledgeable, firmly established in knowledge, they will know otherwise, they will know the truth. Let's take an example. Take something concerning Allah Himself. If some would come under the delusion from the saying of Allah, for example, بَلْ يَدَاهُ مَبْسُوطَتَانِ 564 Rather both of his hands Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's hands are extended مَبْسُوطَتَانِ So if one comes now with the delusion that the hands of Allah that to Allah belongs hands that are similar to the hands of the creatures so in this case the person projects something not befitting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Others said something which is not befitting the Quran. And they came under the delusion that the Quran contradicts itself. Some parts contradict other parts. And let's take an example, for example, of their delusions. Concerning the verse, Surah An-Nisa 4, 79 ما أصابك من حسنة فمن الله وما أصابك من سيئة فمن نفسك 
whatever of God reaches you is from Allah meaning this is from the bounty of Allah upon you it is not incumbent upon Allah it is from his favor on you and however whatever of evil befalls you is from yourself you are the cause and also in the saying of Allah وَمَا أَصَابَكُمْ مِنْ مُصِيبَةٍ فَبِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِيكُمْ and whatever calamity befalls you it is because of what your own hands had earned also for example the delusion that they have concerning the verse 478 وَإِن تُصِبْهُمْ حَسَنَةٌ يَقُولُ هَذِهِ مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ وَإِن تُصِبْهُمْ سَيِّئَةٌ يَقُولُ هَذِهِ مِنْ عِنْدِكْ قُلْ كُلُّمْ مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ so wheresoever you may be now and if some good reaches them they say this is from Allah and if some evil befalls them they say this is from you O Muhammad say all things are from Allah so what's wrong with these people that they fail to understand any word so they are under the impression or the delusion from these verses that the Quran belies the Quran its parts belie other parts this is concerning the Quran concerning the messenger Muhammad they are under the delusion when they read Yunus 94 that the Prophet doubted فَإِن كُنْتَ فِي شَكٍّ مِمَّا أَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ فَاسْأَلِ الَّذِينَ يَقْرَعُونَ الْكِتَابَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ لَقَدْ جَاءَكَ الْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّكَ فَلَا تَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْمُمْتَرِينَ So if you, O Muhammad, if, watch for this if now, we will explain these verses again, we'll come back to them. So if you, O Muhammad, are in doubt concerning that which we have revealed unto you, then ask those who are reading the book, in the Torah and the Injil, the Gospel before you, verily the truth has come to you from your Lord, so be not of those who doubt it. And it is known that the Prophet ﷺ did not doubt a bit, but the people who read such a verse, they come under the delusion that the Prophet ﷺ did doubt, because they don't take these verses to the other which are entirely clear although even the verse itself there is no problem with it but this is the problem with the people who have zayr in their hearts who have deviation in their hearts so the people who are firmly established in knowledge their position concerning the mutashabih, that which is not entirely clear Allah made it clear in the Quran فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ زَيْغٌ Al-Imran chapter 7 chapter 3 verse 7 as to, their, to those who have deviation in their hearts فَيَتَّبِعُونَ look Allah how he described them فَيَتَّبِعُونَ مَا تَشَابَهَ مِنْ they follow that which is not entirely clear why? اِبْتِغَاءَ الْفِتْنَةِ they looking for fitna for affliction 
and for its hidden meanings. And this is concerning the people who have say who have zayr in their heart. There is deviation. And concerning the people who are firmly established in knowledge, what did Allah say about them? He said, وَالرَّاسِخُونَ فِي الْعِلْمِ And those who are firmly established in knowledge, يَقُولُونَ They say, آمَنَّا بِهِ We believe in it, meaning in its entirety. كُلٌّ مِنْ عِنْدِ رَبِّنَا All of it, the muhkam and the mutashabih, all of it from Allah. So, the people in whose hearts there is deviation, they take from these verses that are not entirely clear, they take them as means to slander the book of Allah, and as means of fitna between people, and as explaining it in ways that are not intended by Allah, so they get astray, and they lead others astray. As to those who are firmly established in knowledge, they believe that whatever came in the book of Allah is true, and there is no contradiction or opposition in its verses or amongst its verses, because it is all from Allah. And Allah said in another verse, وَلَوْ كَانَ مِنْ عِنْدِ غَيْرِ اللَّهِ لَوَجَدُوا فِيهِ اِخْتِلَافًا كَثِيرًا Had it been this Qur'an from other than Allah, they would have found in it much contradiction. And these people who are firmly established in knowledge, they take that which is mutashabih, not entirely clear, they take it to that which is muhkam, which is entirely clear, لِيَكُونَ الْجَمِيعُ مُحْكَمًا So that everything becomes clear. So they say concerning the first verse which we read earlier, that concerning the hands of Allah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is qualified with two real hands befitting His majesty and greatness, that they don't resemble the hands of the creatures. Just as He, Allah, is qualified with a self, which does not resemble the selves of the creatures. Because Allah says about Himself, لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ Nothing is like unto Him, yet, what? وَهْوَ السَّمِيعُ الْبَصِيرُ He is the all-hearer, hearer, all-seer. So, how can you affirm a self for Allah, and you don't say that the self of Allah resembles the self of the creatures, and you stop short therefore from affirming the other attributes which Allah spoke about, like His hands. Why don't you say also, to Allah belongs the most honorable hands that fits Him, and they are unlike those of the imperfect creature's hands, etc. So this is the first. You see, you see the position of those who are firmly established in knowledge, how they deal with the texts. Take for example now the second verse, the second example. Both good and bad, good and evil, exist by the preordainment of Allah. However, the good the reason for its occurrence is the favor of Allah. 
that it is a favor from Allah upon his slaves as to the bad sababuha fi'lu al-abd its occurrence is due to the action of the slave himself Allah said وَمَا أَصَابَكُمْ مِنْ مُصِيبَةٍ whatever a calamity befalls you فَبِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِيكُمْ is due to what your hands had earned وَيَعْفُوا عَنْ كَثِيرٍ and he forgives many so adding the sin or the evil deed to the slave is adding the thing to its cause not adding it to the one who preordained it however adding the good and the sin to Allah is from the angle of adding something to the one who preordained them in the first place and thus there is no contradiction whatsoever between the two verses and they say regarding the third example that the Prophet never doubted as to that which came down from Allah to the contrary he is the most knowledgeable of mankind concerning what he received from Allah and the most certain in belief regarding this as Allah explained in the same chapter concerning him قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسُ Yunus 104 this is Yunus 94 just read after it 10 104 you see how the people who are firmly established in knowledge take that which is not entirely clear they take it to that which is entirely clear say O Muhammad O you mankind قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسِ إِن كُنْتُمْ فِي شَكٍ مِنْ دِينِي if you are in doubt as to my religion meaning Islam then know that I will never worship those whom you worship فَلَا أَعْبُدُ الَّذِينَ تَعْبُدُونَ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ but I worship Allah who causes you to die I am commanded to be one of the believers so the meaning is in كُنْتُمْ فِي شَكٍ مِنْ if you are in doubt concerning it then I am certain I have no doubt and that's why I will never ever worship those whom you worship besides Allah rather أَكْفُرُ بِهِمْ وَأَعْبُدُ اللَّهِ I belie them and deny them and I worship Allah more than that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala testified testified that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is a believer in surah al-Baqarah 2 285 آمن الرسول بما أنزل إليه من ربه the messenger believes in what has been sent down to him from his Lord and so do the believers so do the, so do the believers let's even examine this verse which, they, which 
and it brings them such a delusion concerning that the Prophet ﷺ may have doubted. It is not binding that the saying of Allah فَإِن كُنْتَ فِي شَكٍ مِمَّا أَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ If you, O Muhammad, is in doubt concerning that which we have brought down to you, it is not binding that doubt is permitted upon the Prophet ﷺ or occurring from him. Don't you see? Ala tara? Don't you see the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Zukhruf, which is very similar, 43, 81, Don't you contemplate the other similar verses like this one? Say, O oh Muhammad, if, if, if the most beneficent Allah, had a son does this really is it this binding that he has a son if the most beneficent had a son or children as you pretend then I am the first of Allah's worshippers does this really mean does this entail that the son or children is permitted for Allah or that it is occurring, I ask you all. Is it permitted or is that occurring? I ask you all. Could you please answer? Does this entail it? Does this entail these conclusions that you have? Does it really necessitate these conclusions? No. What about the others? Naam. No, yeah. Of course not. So this is did not occur and it's not permitted upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Laysa Jaiz is not also befitting. Qala Allah Ta'ala, listen to what Allah says in Surah Maryam in وَمَا يَنْبَغِي لِلرَّحْمَانِ أَنْ يَتَّخِذَ وَلَدًا إِنْ كُلُّ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ إِلَّا آتِ الرَّحْمَانِ It is not suitable. So it, but it is not suitable for the majesty of the most beneficent that he should beget a son or offspring or children. It doesn't befit. It's not suitable. So again, therefore, it is not suitable nor is it occurring that the Prophet ﷺ doubted or was in doubt. Not only that, let's take the same verse, 1094, the last of it please. Let's take the last of 1094. The one from Surah Yulus, you know, the one which you are discussing now. Yunus 94, please. The end of it. Allah ended the verse. So be not of those who doubt it. Be not of those who doubt it. This again does not entail that doubt occurred from the Prophet ﷺ because 
forbidding something, commanding to forbid something, could be directed to the one who did not do that, or to the one who it didn't occur from him. Don't you see the evidence for this in Surah Al-Qasas in 28:87? وَلَا يَصُدَّنَّكَ عَنْ آيَاتِ اللَّهِ بَعْدَ إِذْ أُنْزِلَتْ إِلَيْكَ وَادْعُ إِلَى رَبِّكَ وَلَا تَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ And let them not turn you, O Muhammad, away from preaching the ayat, verses and lessons, etc. of Allah after they have been sent down to you and invite them to believe in your Lord and don't be and be not of the mushriks and it is known they didn't really turn away the Prophet ﷺ from the verses of Allah and that there, there occurred nothing of doubt from the Prophet ﷺ and the purpose and the objective from commanding this prohibition from directing this prohibition to the Prophet ﷺ is to the ones from whom directing these commands and forbiddance and for for yes and 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 uh, prohibition to the one which does not come from is the purpose is and this is the objective is attendidu biman waqa'a minhum wa tahdhiru min manahijihim is defaming or revilement this is the purpose is defaming or revilement as to those who did these things and to warn and to caution from their methodologies and pathways and in this way therefore such a delusion such a doubt which occurs to some people when they read 1094 is removed because this does not befit it is not suitable to the Prophet to even think about it this way the purpose of this prohibition and command to the Prophet is defaming revilement as to those who did this and to warn and caution from their methodology and pathways now are these matters now clear insha'Allah so we learn now the types of muhkam and the types of mutashabih Sister Diamond, Sister Khadija, Prince Abu Maher, Hashim, Abu Uwais, Slave of Allah, Fleming, Barira,
Is that inshallah clear? Tayyip, inshallah. Okay. So shall we go over crystal clear? Alhamdulillah. Tayyip. Oh, the last 20 minutes, you missed the most important minutes. You missed the most important minutes. Five. Can I do then? No. If this happens, Sister Diamond, and if we are talking about something of this magnitude in importance, it's no harm if you hint that you're going to go for the Salah, we can, inshallah ta'ala, wait. I can wait. And similarly, others who are interested, inshallah ta'ala, I also can wait for them. Fine. Let's go to the last section. Okay, Zakallah khair, thank you. أنواع التشابه في القرآن The types of تشابه in the Quran Those, the types of those that are not entirely clear The types The تشابه is of two types The first type is Oh, I have to wait then to clear out Is that clear now? Is it better, inshallah? Is it better? Is it getting better now, Fleming? Can you hear me better? Anyone else? Before I proceed. طيب اوكي اتس بيتر اتس بيتر ان شاء الله اوكي ناو اتس بيتر الحمد لله هاو ابوت ذا اذرز اوكي الحمد لله طيب التشابه ذوز ويرز ذوز فيرسز ويتش وي ار ديسكسينج ذات ار نوت انتيرلي كلير ار اوف تو تايبس The first type is real, haqiqi, real, real, real. And this pertains to that which mankind is unable to comprehend from the how of Allah's attributes. I will repeat. The first type of the mutashabih, which is not entirely clear, is real, is haqiqi, and this pertains to that which humankind is unable to arrive at from the manner 
state of or how of Allah's attributes Azzawajal. even though we know the meanings of these sifat of these attributes however we don't realize their realities as to their how because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in surah Taha in 20 and also Allah says in Surah Al-An'am 13 after that inshallah And they will never compass anything of his knowledge. And they will never compass anything of his knowledge. Also, Al-An'am 13. لا تدركه الأبصار وهو يدرك الأبصار وهو اللطيف الخبير This is not it then. Al-An'am, la tudrikuhu al-absar. Vision cannot grasp him, and he grasps all visions. This is the verse, so there must be a mistake here. Tayyip. Maybe one or three. Try one or three, inshallah. Let me check it uh, now. La ilaha illallah. It is one or three. It is one or three, yes. No vision can grasp him, but his grasp is over all vision. He is the most subtle and cautious, well acquainted with all things. And that's why when Imam Ahmad, that's why, I'm sorry, when Imam Malik, may Allah's mercy be upon him, when he was asked concerning Ar-Rahman ala al-Arsh istawa, the most beneficent, ascended the throne, he was asked, كيف استوى? How did he ascend? He said, الاستواء, ascension, meaning the meaning, غير مجهول, meaning the meaning, is not unknown. والكيف غير معقول, as to the how, it's incomprehensible. والإيمان به واجب, and believing in the ascension, in its true meaning, is a must. And asking concerning the how is a bid'ah, is an innovation. And in fact, he ordered this person and called him an innovator and called him out of his majlis. And such a matter we don't ask about it because we can't attain it. We can't attain the how of Allah's attributes. So this is the first type of mutashabih is real. 
that which is not entirely clear pertaining to the how of Allah's attributes to the haqiqah to the reality or the how of Allah's attributes the second type of the mutashabih is nisbi relative relative meaning it is not entirely clear to some but it is clear to others and who are these others are those who are firmly established in knowledge and no one else and this matter you ask to attain what it means because it is possible to do so why we say this because there is nothing in the Quran except there is nothing in the Quran which is totally hidden from everyone to be known no there is nothing like that why because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asserted the following in the Quran he said in Surah Al-Imran in 3 138 and this Quran is a plain statement for mankind for mankind meaning yani open guidance and instruction to those who are muttaqeen so there cannot be anything in the Quran which is totally hidden from everyone such that everyone doesn't know it no because this contradicts the Quran such an, such an understanding and it is therefore clear either by text directly or by implication we also read what also further substantiate this critical belief and position is in Surah An-Nahl verse 89 Surah An-Nahl verse 89 وَنَزَّلْنَا عَلَيْكَ الْكِتَابَ تِبْيَانًا لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ and we have sent you the middle uh, there and we have sent you down to you we have sent down to you the book the Quran as an exposition of everything a guidance a mercy and a glad tidings for those who have submitted themselves to Allah also read Surah Al-Qiyamah 75 verse 19 and when we have recited it to you Muhammad through Jibreel then follow you it the Quran and you see here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said we have recited to you O Muhammad but we know that Jibreel was the messenger from Allah to Muhammad so it is as if now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala recited it and so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala generalized here by saying and we have recited it to you 
although Muhammad received it through Jibreel from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is like the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in another verse and this is a good point of benefit here Sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala generalizes like this in Surah Al-Fatih. Take Surah Al-Fatih verse 10, please. Al-Fatih verse 10. Al-Fatih verse 10. Is that it? No, uh, no, no. Then, uh, forty-eight, verse ten. Very those who give pledge to you, O Muhammad, they are giving pledge to Allah. Look what then Allah said, generalized, the hand of Allah is over their hands. Yet we know that the Prophet ﷺ, he is the one who is taking their hands for the pledge. Because now, Allah generalized it in this way, because now they are giving the pledge to the messenger, so as if it is a pledge to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And since the hand of the messenger, Muhammad ﷺ, was on their hands, صارت كأنها يد الله it is as if it is the hand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فأطلق الله تعالى أنها يده so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala generalized in his saying as if it is his own hand and also we know that in surah al-nisa as well 4.174 the same concept that يعني it cannot be hidden from everyone Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhal na'su qad ja'akum burhanun min rabbikum wa anzalna ilaykum nooran mubina alayhi wassalam. O mankind, verily there has come to you a convincing proof, meaning Muhammad sallallahu from your Lord, and we send down to you a manifest light in this Quran. And the examples are many on this. Like the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ Nothing is like unto him. So when the people of denial went into the delusion that لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ It means that, you know, they denied the attributes. When they hear that there is nothing like unto Allah, they denied all the attributes of Allah. Why? Because they came, they came to the conclusion that Affirming the attributes necessitates resemblance. And they turned away from all the other verses which affirm the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that affirming the origin of the meaning does not entail in any way the resemblance. Also take another example, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Nisa concerning the intentional killing of a believer. Four ninety-three. 
Now see how the people of uh, of, of deviation you know, abuse the verses. And whoever kills a believer intentionally, وَمَنْ يَقْتُلْ مُؤْمِنًا مُتَعَمِّدًا His recompense is held to abide therein. وَغَضِبَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ And the wrath and the curse of Allah are upon him. And a great punishment is prepared for him. Okay? So, and when he, his recompense is hell is to abide therein, this is referred to in Arabic as Khalidan Fiha. The origin of this khulud, abiding, the origin, the original meaning is that it is forever. Okay, the original meaning. However, this verse is from the verse of wa'id, of a threat. And thus this means that the killing may be the killing, the intentional killing of a believer a cause for his kufr the intentional killing of a believer may end up being a cause for the disbelief of the believer who committed this crime and thus he may deserve such a punishment However, we read before this verse that this verse occurred between two verses. We read the saying of Allah, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ أَنْ يُشْرَكَ بِهِ وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ In the beginning of the same surah, we read that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not forgive that people ascribe partners with him in worship and he forgives other than that to whom he wishes so (coughs) the dissidents the sect which is called Khawarij and the Mu'tazilite another sect they took from this verse which you see there and understood it that the one who kills a believer intentionally (coughs) is to reside forever in the fire of hell and they made this a ruling on every believer who commits one of the major sins and they abandoned all the other verses that in which Allah asserts that any major sin other than lesser than the great shirk falls under the nashia of Allah falls under the will of Allah if Allah wishes he may pardon him and if Allah wishes he may punish him but not forever And that's why the Khawarij, they make takfir of the believers who commit major sins. The dissidents, the Khawarij.
take another case take another case uh, take the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ألم تعلم أن الله يعلم ما في السماء والأرض إن ذلك في كتاب إن ذلك على الله يسير This is in Surah Al-Hajj, verse 17. 22, verse 70, please. <laughs> Know you not that Allah knows all that's in heaven and on earth? Verily it is Allah, verily it is all in the book, written in the book. Everything is written in the book, which is Allah al-Mahfud, the preserved tablet. Verily, this is easy for Allah. So, the people of compelling, and this is another sect which is called Al-Jabriya, literally the compellers meaning the people of, who see that the slave of Allah people are compelled that they had no choice they took this verse to say that it means since everything is written in the preserved tablet so there is no need to work because we are compelled we have no choice and therefore they claim that man has no will no power and they left you see how they follow the mutashabih they follow the mutashabih and they turned away from all the other verses which proves that there is a will and power for the slave for man and that the action of man is of two types ikhtiyari wa ikhtiyari by choice and by no choice And here there is a point of benefit. Can you write the Arabic words for the two types? Yes. Yes. Ikhtiyari. Waghayr ikhtiyari. Those compellers algebraia, even their saying which you heard now, that man is compelled, 
So this proof of them, of theirs, is it by their choice or by other than their choice what they had said? Were they compelled to see this, compelled to say this opinion or, or they were not compelled? Are you, do you understand what I'm saying? Algebra, those who believe this concept of compelling or compulsion, they're saying their argument, did it say, they say it out of their choice or, or not? So this contradicts their position, that's the point. So in all of that you heard, الراسخون في العلم, those who are deeply established in knowledge, the men of intellect, sound intellect, they know how to deal with these verses, they take their meaning to fit with the other perfectly clear meanings which are the foundations of the book, and thus they make everything muhkam, everything perfect without any kind of ishtibah. Now what is the wisdom in having this variety of verses in the Quran, muhkam and mutashabih? First of all, the first wisdom is testing people by the mutashabih. Testing the believers by the mutashabih. Had the Quran been all entirely clear, then this wisdom would have been, would not have been needed. And there would have been no point in testing people as to their belief and action regarding the meanings of the Quran. So that also people leave the mutashabih and leave the fitna. This is from one angle. And also on the other hand, had it been all mutashabih, not entirely clear, then the wisdom of having it a bayan, a clarity and explanation of everything and guidance to mankind would have been missed. And people would not have been able to act accordingly and establish the correct beliefs. However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by His wisdom, put it in this way, some verses muhkamat, where people refer to, and others mutashabih, as a test for the slaves, so that those who are really true believers will be distinguished from those whose in their hearts there is a deviation. The one who is a true believer knows that the Quran is all from Allah. And since it is all from Allah, then it is true. And therefore it cannot contain any falsehood or contradiction because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described it لا يأتيه الباطل من بين يديه ولا من خلفه تنزيل من حكيم حميد فصلت 
falsehood cannot come to it, the Quran, from before it or behind it, it is sent down by the all-wise, worthy of all praise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And again, we read in Nisa, again in Surah An-Nisa, 82, 82, I'm sorry, had it been from other than Allah, they would have found in it much incongruity. However, as to those who have deviation in their hearts, they take from the mutashabih a means to the distortion of the muhkam, a means to the distortion of the perfectly clear ones, and to follow desires in casting doubts concerning the news, and standing arrogantly vis-a-vis the rulings and the laws. And that's why and that is why, and that is why you find many from those deviants in the creed and actions, you find them always taking the mutashabih as their evidence. This is the most important point of this class. They built up their creeds and their methodologies on that which is mutashabih, not entirely clear. Wallahi, this is what is happening in the Ummah now, and as well before. And it is very evident where you are in now. Many people, they come up with verses, left and right, from the Mutashabih, and they built their creed on it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us from such ways of deviation. And I can tell you, the one who, the one who is not of this type, and who is keen to learn honestly and sincerely his deen, should be grateful to Allah that he is not on their footsteps. Should be so grateful to Allah that he is not on their footsteps, otherwise he would be of them. And that's why I make the dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep us away from the ways of deviation and to make us of those who follow the path of those who are firmly established in knowledge, who take those verses that are not entirely clear, which are a test for us, take it to those which are entirely clear. Ummul Kitab, the mother of the book, and we refer it to them and we come with everything clear super crystal Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is able to do everything subhanakallahumma bihamdik ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin wa sallallahu ala muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in i ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make of this talk a beneficial one for myself and for all of you and may allah bestow Abundant mercy upon our Shaykh Muhammad bin Salih al-Uthaymin rahimahullah for this uh, treatise of his which is the principles of tafsir or foundations of tafsir wa jazakumullah khair wa barakallah fikum I ask him also subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it of a benefit for all of you and may Allah reward you for your patience wa barakallah fikum mic is free